Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirts are available all year round. Just go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net and you can place your order today. Choose your own size and color and the t-shirt will be printed for you. Just go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of That Strong Guy. The original air date, as always, is sometime in the mid-1950s. And this one is Paper Chase. It's a paper chase, Strong. You follow a series of clues. Each clue leads you to a man. Each man gives you a clue. And at the end of it, the prize, Sandra. Your secretary, in exchange for you. You so much as lay a finger on her, I'll... You do nothing, Strong. He's got you right where he wants you. He's playing at cat and mouse, but this time you, Mr. Strong, are the mouse. You keep saying he... He happens to be Stanley Keller. Keller? He's to be executed tonight at five o'clock. You're wrong, Strong. You are to be executed at five tonight. You or your secretary, it's all up to you. You see, strong guy, Stanley Keller broke jail. He's free. Steve Strong, that strong guy. Yeah, that's what they call you, and right now, that's the way you feel. You ever hold hands in the secluded world of a darkened cinema? Walked home at night hand in hand with a bundle of laughter bubbling up inside you? You ever laughed out loud just because you feel so good? You think it's small town stuff. Small town laughs. No, that's all big time. Big time because it's all with Sandra. <laughs> and when Sandra laughs, you feel it right down here inside you. Deep down where it can hurt, the laughter stops. Oh, I've never felt so good. Maybe it was a movie. Maybe it's the company. Maybe. Well, here we are. Yes, Steve. Here we are. My apartment house. But outside. Yes, Steve. Outside. Do I get a nightcap? No, Steve. But I'm thirsty. Well, there's a bar open down the street. I'm not that thirsty. (laughs) All right, lay off. The boss and the secretary. Cocktails, dinner, a movie. And the situation. I said lay off. Steve, you really mean it. I didn't say anything. Not in words. You can speak words, Steve, but feeling them is something else. Yeah. So? All right, so good night. Steve. Yeah? You forgot your nightcap. But outside, huh? Good night, Steve. Good night, Steve. Sandra. Yes, sir? Nothing. (laughs) 
beats your feet along a sidewalk paved with clouds. You figure the world is one big happy playground, and you figure there's just two people in it, you and Sandra. You go to bed, you sleep, you wake up, you laugh your way through a shave, a shower, a hard-boiled egg, and by 9.15, you're pushing your way through your office door, Sandra's door, and you're ready for a big hello, but all you see is an empty chair, a typewriter, and an envelope addressed in Sandra's handwriting to Steve Strong. And in the background, a telephone playing a jangled symphony. Yeah. Steve. Sandra, where are you? Steve, that note. They made me address. They? Note? I haven't read it yet. But where are you? Well, I... Sandra! She doesn't tell that, Strong. Huh? Where's Sandra? She's all right, Strong. For the moment. And she's better stay that way. You've got no say, Strong. This time you do all the jumping. Who's giving the orders? For the moment, me, Strong. Shade her better. All right, Bennett. You've got the floor. <laughs> Ever heard of a paper chase, Strong? Make it fast, Bennett. In a paper chase, Strong, you follow a series of clues, right? I know the rules. And there's a prize at the end of it, right? So? So, you read the note you've got in your hand. It is in your hand, Strong. Ah, uh, <laughs> talk, Bennett, just talk. It's a paper chase, Strong. You follow a, a series of clues. Each clue leads you to a man. Each man gives you a clue. And at the end of it, the prize... Sandra, your secretary, in exchange for you. You so much as lay a finger on her, I... You do nothing, Strong. He's got you right where he wants you. He's playing cat and mouse. But this time, you, Mr. Strong, are the mouse. You keep saying he... He happens to be Stanley Keller. Keller? He's to be executed tonight at five o'clock. You're wrong, Strong. You are to be executed at five tonight. You or your secretary, it's all up to you. You see, strong guy, Stanley Keller broke jail. He's free. Keller, free? Goodbye, Strong. Wait, Bennett. Just read the little note, Strong Guy. Your first clue. Oh, and I almost forgot. Your phone is tapped and you'll be followed, so no policeman, Strong. You do it all on your own. <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> you look at the envelope. You look at the name Steve Strong, written in Sandra's neat handwriting. You open the envelope, unfold the note, and inside, the spidery crawl of Stanley Keller, the man you helped put behind bars and on the way to the electric chair. But right now, it's you who's heading for the hot seat. And in Keller's own way, the way it'll hurt most, through Sandra. So now you read the note, read it, and follow the instructions to the letter. <laughs> You're looking for something, mister? I got a pinball, baby, hey? You're doing like the note says. Go to the fun parlor. A parlor, a penny arcade on 7th and Main. Meet an old man in a bowler hat. Check out on a toothless grin. The note, toothless. The message. <laughs> you got to earn it, young guy. you got to earn it. Like how? <laughs> like playing the pinball machine. Getting this gold of a hundred. This <laughs> one ball. Hundred? <laughs> That's sure. Yeah. All right, which machine? <laughs> this one will do fine. <laughs> it's six. So how do I win? Well, maybe you'll be lucky. Can I get the message? <laughs> Only then. Now give me some nickels. <laughs> Put the nickels in the slot. All right, Toothless. This game I know I was raised on pinball. <laughs> Any time you get a score of ten, the machine will bag you. You've got to get ten hits. Ten bagging makes a hundred. Ten you get the mail. The big ring and pay off. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> oh, of course. 
You was raised on pinball, huh? Well, well, we do know. And just to help you turn these things, you don't get a match until you get the score. <laughs> All right. Here's number one. Ten. Twenty. Thirty. Forty. Why, you're doing it. Oh, battle, huh? Young guy, you only got 40. <laughs> Maybe this is he thinks so you won't win. <laughs> what do you think of that, young guy? <laughs> you hit me. You hit me. Then I hit the girl. <laughs> okay, another nickel. No, only four. One more making seventy. Eighty. You got two. We could have gone. One, only one. Come on, come on. Uh, only one thing go and it stops. All stuck. <laughs> It'll roll. But only one stop to hit again. Reset, son, and maybe you never get the message. <laughs> hey, 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 no bumping that machine. And that's heating it. And how is using a fixed machine? No. This time, it's got to be. Don't see, Sisley. The message. You get the message, and with it a cold sweat. A cold sweat from playing a pinball machine for a jackpot prize. The life or death of Sandra. Keller, Stanley Keller, escaped from jail, escaped from the chair. And now he's using his men to wield the whip of retribution. Now he's paying you back for every drop of sweat he had to face behind the big walls. Yeah. You have to send him there, that and the murder he committed. But in the twisted framework of the criminal's mind, there's only one thought. To get even, to pay back Steve Strong. And he's doing it fine. In a game of nerves. A game designed to make you break. You know, he'll stop at nothing, not even Sandra. So you try to play it his way and follow instructions to the letter. You wish to record your voice, sir? Send a record to a friend, perhaps, huh? You're standing in a music shop. Shop where they sell anything from commercial pops to a record of your own voice. Perhaps you'd like to hear some records, sir. My name's Steve Strong. Oh, and you do want to hear a record, sir. A very special record, sir. Well, you just come in. If you just follow me... Just the sir. This is rather a special recording. Yeah? Takes a little while for this record play to warm up. You watch the little man fiddle with the knobs and switches. You watch him take a record and put it on the turntable. You watch the needle being lowered onto the spinning disc. You watch and you wait for the sound to come. And you wonder what the sound will be. A short play written, produced, directed, and presented by Stanley Keller. And featuring a new story. A new dramatic discovery. Stanley. <laughs> I hope you like it, Strong. It's very dramatic. <laughs> Enter the heroine. Bring her in, Shader. According to plan. Steve Strong's secretary. Did you enjoy your trip downtown, Miss Steve Strong's secretary? What do you want with me, Sandra? 
You want to set a trap to catch a wild animal, you have to use the right bait. Same applies if you want to catch a man. Really very simple. And I'm the bait to catch Steve? That's right. Is it the microphone on the desk? It is. But why? Because I want to use it to help make sure your boss will enter the trap. But how can... You were saying, Sandra. That gun, what are you going to do with it? First, I'm going to shoot you, Sandra. No. Yeah. Quiet, quiet, John. Sandra, 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 all right, bright boy. That's the way Keller wants Get back, Strong. A gun, eh? Ricardo hasn't finished yet. I've heard all I want to hear. Get back, Strong. Keller's got a message for you. Well, Strong, the recording's almost over. You think I just shot your secretary, but, Strong, you don't really know. Maybe I didn't shoot it. Maybe she only faded. <laughs> Don't try getting tough, Strong. Just come along to the old warehouse corner of Hudson and Third and find out for yourself. Maybe Sandra's alive. Well, maybe she's dead. But either way, Strong, I'll be here. And I'm very much alive. <laughs> Standing in the doorway of the music shop, your mind's turning cartwheels and a cold sweat is pushing an icicle of fear up and down your spine. You're not telling yellow, you're just scared. Scared for Sandra. Scared of what you'll find in the empty warehouse where Stanley Keller's waiting. You leave the shop doorway for a cab standing at the curb. You feel the wetness of your palm slide your hand along the door handle. Where to, sir? You get the driver the address of the warehouse, and you try to form a break in the line of Keller's plan. You look behind and see a car leave the curb and sit behind your taxi. You know there's no break in Keller's plan. What's wrong, mister? You forget something? No, just checking. No, come. I said I was just... Oh, forget it. You in some kind of trouble, mister? Is that obvious? Well, you look behind, there's a car sitting on your tail. It makes a simple two and two. The answer isn't always four. You want me to lose him? There's no point. I know where I'm going. I'm just making sure I... Something wrong? Yeah. Tell us plan. We forgot one thing. Uh, you're not making sense, mister. I'm being followed. So I can't get word to police headquarters. But you can take the message for me. Uh, what's the message? Go to homicide. Ask for Captain Jim Daly. Tell him to come to the address where you'll drop me. Tell him Stanley Keller's there. And tell him to hurry. You sit back amongst the car cushions, and a gentle feeling of hope begins to creep through the avenue of fear. Here's your address, mister. You won't forget the message to Captain Bailey? I won't forget, sir. 
someone coming. You better beat it. Yep. Hello, Strong. Get going. You see, you've got him here in one piece, Lefty. So Keller didn't slip up. He <laughs> gave you a message, huh? My Captain Jim Daly. <laughs> well, who would have thought? Apparently Keller did. So let's go in and tell him, shall we, Strong? Beat it, Lefty. Yeah. So long, strong guy. <laughs> Well, Strong, this is it. The pale. So I meet Keller again, huh? But now he's your executioner. Somehow, fate has turned the table. And, Sander, you'll find out you so much as Strong. You seem to have a very bad memory. He keeps telling you, you haven't any say in the matter at all. What has to be, has to be. That's all in the planning, Strong. And now, the door of destiny. <laughs> Your destiny, Strong. But first, one formality. That you don't have to tell me. Here, your gun. Thank you, Strong. You're a bright boy. Just in case you have another in your... Strong guy, you had two guns. All right, let's get inside. Take me to Keller. Now, I'll go one better, Strong. I'll take you to Sandra. Sandra, your feet beat against the cold square of concrete as Bennett takes you to a small prefabricated office in the center of the empty warehouse floor. Your feet are tossing echoes round your head, and your mind is beating out an agony of memories. Then Bennett stops. The door of the office is in front of you. All right, Strong. The answer to your question is I. Sandra falls against her coat. Long, slender fingers crush the cloth of blue serge stripes. The soft black hair becomes alive beneath your chin, and your heart dances on a sea of pent-up tension, released in a sudden reaction of relief. You don't see that with those two Yeah. I know, honey. He pointed a gun at me and fired me. By blank hunters, Sandra. You're wrong, Strong. He fired a real bullet over her head. Let's go on a table, Bennett. Face up. I told you before, Strong. I only take orders. I don't make it. But Sandra goes free. Right now. That was not one of my orders. But now you're free. All right, Bennett. You deal the cards. We're playing for big stakes, Strong. Yeah. Two lives against my bankroll. Are you bribing me, Strong? Every man has his price. Oh, what a pity Stanley Keller can hear every word we say. <laughs> He's right. Tell us somewhere out there up on the first floor landing in the shadows. They should have known. Only a few feet away, and he can see right down. But he can't see inside. This is only a small office. But it's got a ceiling. Like a box sitting on a big square of concrete. But the walls of the box are thin. No protection from a bullet. You can see where one bullet got out. Now what's to stop a lot of bullets coming in? All right, Bennett. You made your point. I do what Keller wants, or he does what he wants with Sandra. Eh, I can see how you became a private detective. Let's see on facts. And still are a detective. 
One, Keller wants to give me a symbolic heart seat. He wants to play an executioner. Even having me come from a small room in the center of a big square of concrete. Light the death cell. Go on, Strong. All right. So I go out, let him play an executioner. But after then, what happens to Sandra? That would be point number two. And the answer? She gets free, naturally. Right. <laughs> you just got to trust that, Strong. You have no other choice, have you? He's right, Steve. And now it's time, almost five o'clock. I'll leave you to your executioner, Strong Guys. Well, Steve. Looks like we play that soon, honey. Yes, you and me. Data said that it's. Steve, let's not kid ourselves. All right. Play a gamble, a big gamble. Maybe tell us forgotten how to shoot straight. What are you going to do? Go out and face him like he says, five o'clock. Without a gun? Without a gun. Sparks are pushing against the five o'clock right now. Hmm. Take back, Sander. Clear the doorway. But what are you... Keller! Keller, I want to bargain with you. Keller! <laughs> you said Sandra goes free. <laughs> you stated a madman. <laughs> I'll play a tollway. No fight, nothing. But Sandra goes free. Take out of the doorway now. I don't need your towels. He's getting hit and hits enough. One getting hit is too many. Yeah. You can see the man into the doorway. I know, I heard him. The shadows. I can't see him yet. All right, Strong. It's five o'clock. Start walking through the doorway to make it slow. That way you get it quick. No fuss, no pain. Just a clean round hole all the way to Sarah's right. Start your walk, Strong, your last walk. Keep away from the doorway, kid. Hold <laughs> it there, Strong. So I see you now. Goodbye, Strong. You killed him. You killed him. So long, Strong guy. I'm cold blood. Maybe for life. 
Is the body, Jim? Yeah, Doc. He's strong, yeah. All right, Miss. I'll take over now. That's strong, Doc. Come on, Sandra. I'll get you outside. No, Tim, I'd rather... Okay, okay. I'll get the ambulance boy to come in. No need. What do you mean, Doc? Take a look for yourself. Mm-hmm. Got a headache, Father? He's all right. Increasing his skull. Knocked him unconscious for a few minutes. And I thought Keller was a good shot. I am. What? What's the handle go back? Point fire. And with a revolver, you can miss a target that way. I know. I've done it myself. I know two jokes now. Come on, Keller. You're going with me. Oh, you crazy fool. You realize you might have killed that way? No, I didn't. Well, how can you be so... so... But I did it for you, honey. Okay, White, shut the door. I see you, fool. The strong the door, White. Maybe I like being a fool. It's shut the door. There's a time folks like to be left alone. Yes, Captain. <laughs> Like I said, I'm a sentimental, a romantic guy. But I've got a lot of good friends in and out of the force, and I like to keep them. I also like to help keep law and order in the community. I'll be with you again. But for now, this is Steve Strong, or as I'm more often referred to, that strong guy, signing off. This script was written by John Warwick and produced by Will the Tim for our transfer. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, I thought this was a pretty interesting plot idea. Uh, I don't know if you can really do it justice in terms of building up the amount of suspense uh, within a 23-minute program. I think that that was problematic. And some of the choices they made were uh, interesting, to say the least, like the pinball place. I don't know if pinball over radio is uh, very uh, riveting. However, this episode does mark, I think, the first time we've heard people calling him that strong guy, despite his insistence at the end of each program that people call him that strong guy. At any rate, we turn now to listener comments and feedback, and a comment from Kelly uh, says uh, uh, by email, I caught the one little hint in that strong guy that it was not a U.S. production. At one point in the episode about the fighter, the detective says he was driving his car with the hood down because of the nice weather. For Americans, the hood covers the engine, and you would always put it down to drive. Uh, Well, I did have one time it popped up, but point taken. To the English, it's the roof of a convertible car. So putting the hood down would be putting the top down to an American, not something American writer or actor wouldn't catch. 
agree that it's not, if it's not U.S. written and acted, they really did a good job. And uh, then uh, a, uh, Bishop Andrew says, hearing you give one of the reasons for your doubt about that strong guy being produced in Australia, the good American accents, I was reminded of one episode of The Sound of Darkness I've listened to. Uh, the American accents were impeccable, though I agree they are rarely done well. I find the average attempts by Brits at all interesting. However, thinking to myself, is that really how we sounded them? When I was a kid, more years ago than I care to think about, I watched a British movie with one American character in it. The actor was perfect through the entire film until just at the end when the accent slipped. That was the only way I knew he was an Englishman. On the other side, Michael Deacon, the American actor who played uh, Wormtongue in the Lord of the Ring movies, did an English accent which he never dropped during the whole shoot. After the movie wrapped up and he uh, began to speak like an American again, one of his fellow actors thought he sounded like someone doing a bad American accent. Um, okay, well, regarding that strong guy and the, the comments, um, I, I think we got another clue in this that this was probably uh not uh made in um made in America because he referred to where they were going as the cinema which is again something that's more british uh a, a british english or from uh many of the uh commonwealth nations so I guess I'm going to lean towards this being an Australian production at this point, particularly since we have the Australian newspapers. The question of accents is uh, interesting because this doesn't sound like typical Australians going around doing American accents like you hear in so many of the Grace Gibson productions. But one answer to that is that you do have Americans who will go to Australia uh, in fact, there was one production, I forget whether it was Ellery Queen or or it may have been The Amazing Mr. Malone, where when I was doing research, I found out that the star was an American who had gone down to Australia. So that's certainly a possibility. So I think the general quality of American accents does kind of argue a little bit against, like, you know, just a ton of Americans uh, in Australia being brought onto the production, though some of those could be just very talented Australians in that regard. And then Andrew has a comment regarding uh, Johnny Dollar. I think the Mandel, uh, Mandel Kramer does a very good job with Johnny Dollar, but the poor man had very little to work with. I find most of these scripts irritating. The stories are all right, but the way they are told, um, you know, I, I think that the scripts are not as good as they were, uh, certainly during the serial era and the early time of the Bailey half hour episodes. It's just a situation where you have Jack Johnstone taking over writing all of these scripts just because of, you know, lack of budget to, uh, pay anyone else. And you're dealing with a limited time, so the, you have those sort of elements that do come into these uh, uh, shorter Johnny Dollars 
But would agree he didn't have the same level of script as Bailey at the peak of the show did. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Jordan, and we'll be back again next Tuesday with another episode of That Strong Guy. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.